Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Amanda Gates and today you're in for a real treat. I have a two-part series. This uh, one is kicking off our first part of the series. And we're going to be joined with Barry and Gayla Gordon. And you guys are going to love these two. I have known about Barry and Gayla for a long time. They are spiritual seekers. But what's really cool is that they have been around the metaphysical block since the 60s. And they have worked with some of the best gurus, teachers, and mentors in the world. Through their efforts, they have taught others how to awaken their own spiritual path with feng shui, energy healing, physics, ho'onopono, which I still can't say to this day, <laughs> and more. I now call it the H word. Um, but I will say that the H word, uh, back in 2010, when I left my husband, I actually learned about this Hawaiian uh, tool uh, through my friend, Chris Alexandria, who's actually been on this podcast. And she told me about this tool and told me to practice it uh, to get through my divorce and to get through the court system. And it was powerful. So even though I can't pronounce it, it's a powerful tool. <laughs> uh, real quick, let's do some quick housekeeping. Uh, November 3rd, I've got a fantastic class, How to Remove Negative Energy, that's happening at Half Moon Yoga in Franklin, Tennessee. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. So if you're in the area, be sure to head on over there and um, sign up. It's only 40 bucks. And I think that... Um, it's a great class. I always love teaching this class around the holidays because you have to remember we have a lot of people coming in and out of our lives during the holiday season. We also have a lot of people coming in and out of our homes because of the holiday season. And so guess what? They bring with them all kinds of fun, delightful things and they leave them in your home. So this is always a great class uh, to just learn. I have a fantastic ceremony that I teach in the course about how to get rid of negative energy, and it does not include sage. <laughs> Uh, my new class, uh, my new online class that we're promoting this month is called New Year, New Energy. Um, it's a really great class. This is something that I've always taught uh, locally and for the first time it's gonna be available online. It's a ceremonial class. It's kind of a class workshop kit. Uh, I still am not totally sure what to call it, but I'll be teaching you basically uh, how to use feng shui principles to manifest auspicious chi for the new year, along with three of my favorite sacred ceremonies that I do every year. A lot of times I post these up on social media. I talk about the things that I do to call in the new year. And I've never actually shared this information. So we were in a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago and, and the girls were like, uh, why aren't you sharing this? And I was like, good question. <laughs> 
So that's why I've put this together. Um, I think what's really fun is that there's a lot of magical energy around a new year. It's a it's a clean slate. It's a great way to uh, just call in that new energy and, and get us going on new goals of you know, what we're going to be doing in our new year and what we're looking forward to, what we hope to accomplish. And then, you know, there's this whole idea too, because I I think that we get kind of bogged down with the year and all of the things that have happened to us. It slows us down in our manifestation game. So what's really great about a, a new fresh year is that we, you know, we can eliminate all that. I show you in this course how to banish all the old vibes that are no longer serving you so that it catapults you into the new year and, and really call forth what you need. It's a great practice in cultivating your chi, Um, you know, kind of getting yourself spiffed up. I think throughout the year, our our chi gets a little chewed up. And so this is a great way to get you spiffy and shiny and new uh, just in time for the new year, which is great. Um, And I also want to mention we're doing limited seating in this. Um, I'm going to be shutting enrollment down on November 15th because I'm actually going to not only will these include uh, some kits that has some stones and some things in it, but I'm also going to be including an intuitive reading by me. So, you know, in past courses that we've had several people in them. I was able to do that because uh, I was just teaching the class. But since I'm going to be doing an intuitive reading for each individual who uh, signs up for this, I got to make sure that it's not like 200 people. Because <laughs> I need to have a holiday too here. Uh, okay. And I also wanted to mention just real quick, uh, for any of you that recently heard me on the Selling Simplified podcast, I was talking about clearing properties before you buy or sell them. It's uh, Michelle Moore's podcast and it's a real estate show. And uh, I was talking about the benefits of, you know, utilizing feng shui and the selling and buying process. Well, we've been getting emails asking if that's available just in Nashville or if it's available everywhere. And it is a virtual service. All I need is the floor plan and the address so that I can look at the uh, surrounding energy of the property. So we just worked on a house a couple of weeks ago that had been on the market for 18 months and it wasn't moving and they kept dropping the price. And and I think this is a, a key thing to remember is that it's never about the thing that you think it is. It's always, always, always about the energy. So after we did a clearing on it, it sold in two weeks. Bam! That is the power of energy, y'all. I mean, get the energy right and everything else follows. All right, enough about all that. Today, in part one, we're going to dive into being at the right place at the right time. I swear, Barry was always at the candy machine at the right time, at the right place, because the gurus that showed up in his life, holy wow. And mind you, he's a physicist. So we're going to talk about how a physicist who has an NDE can coexist and how having a partner in crime, Gala, is the best solution to getting the message out there in a fun and inspiring way. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the show, Barry and Gayla Gordon. Welcome, guys. Hey, hi. <laughs> so this is going to be a super fun show. Um, I actually first found you, Barry. I believe it might have been through my teacher, Catherine. I'm not sure, but you came on my radar probably about eight years ago, nine years ago, and I took a course from you on the I Ching, 
And I've just been kind of following you ever since. And I actually did another webinar with you guys probably either last year or the year before where you also did another class on the I Ching and you did it together. So I think it's incredible um, the work that you do and, and how you're helping humanity. But I think what's really incredible is your backgrounds. And so what I want to do is I want to start with you first, Barry. I want to, you're a physicist, which blows my mind, but you also are a Buddhist and Tibetan and Chinese Vaughn instructor and you do feng shui and energy work and you're a teacher and you do all of these things. But as we were talking about before the start of the show, you were always at the right place at the right time. So take us back to the 60s. I believe this all started when <laughs> you were in the Navy. Tell us how you got into this, you know, how do you go from physics to metaphysics and get into this woo world so gracefully too? Well, you know, if you were really there in the 60s, you wouldn't remember it. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in the Navy. I, uh, I had a near-death experience. I was a Navy uh, diving officer and uh, I got uh, attempted frag, which means somebody was trying uh, my men were trying to get rid of me. Um, and so I had a near-death experience. Uh, and that's what started my whole metaphysical journey, really. Because uh, it's quite a shift from uh, being so caught up in the world and, and taking everything as real to and thinking that you're just this limited being who is going to leave someday and there won't be anything there that's still you to realizing that there's like an infinity of possibility and that you're just going to be there as a, a being forever, whether you're physical or not. It changes everything. And now, real quick, I just want you to explain, because there may be people listening today that have no idea what an NDE or a near-death experience is. So just give the audience just a quick little description of, of what that is and what you experience in it. Well, I'm gonna. I'll do it short in a short way. I um, I basically drowned because I didn't have air um, when I was underwater, and I I surrendered to it. That was the important part, I think. Uh, in fact, I kind of started. I once I realized I was going, I just looked forward to it as another experience, and so I left my body. I wasn't in my body anymore, and I was in this dark space heading towards this light um, which is kind of proverbial that's what everybody in our culture seems to experience and a voice came in and said well it's not your time to go you can't go and I started arguing uh, <laughs> you know I'm east coast Jewish <laughs> so uh, if you have like 12 uh, Jews, they say there's like 13 arguments. So I started arguing and I lost. And I ended up back in my body. I don't know how long I was out. Uh, according to someone on the ship, they think they said they couldn't communicate with, you, with me for quite a while. And um, when I came back, I knew how to get out of the situation. So that's how I got saved. But uh, I was in such a uh, sort of exalted state that I didn't 
do anything about it. You know what I mean? I was just like in this state where I didn't like care about what had happened. I was really happy. It was a very wonderful experience. And that kind of, in Ho I was stationed out of Hawaii, going to Vietnam. And so uh, in Hawaii, there was a lot of uh, possibilities for uh, studying with different spiritual teachers and Aikido and things like that. And so um, I got involved. I just kept meeting, meeting teachers and Got, got involved into a whole spiritual movement like uh, Yogananda's teachings and Kriya Yoga. And that led to another teacher, Muktananda, who actually, when you talk to Gayla, she met him before I did. And, and, and her dog bit him. <laughs> um, but, uh, and so that just became this incredible journey. I ended up in India for two years. Uh, I met the Karmapa there. I lived with Muktananda. I stayed at Ramana Maharshi. I'm mean, I can do lots of name dropping. I, became, I know it's pretty incredible. Like I said before the show, you were always at the right place at the right time at the candy machine, and the guru just appeared. Yeah, it was just amazing. I, I lived with this man, Maurice Friedman, who had become an Indian citizen back in the 30s, and he was the one who actually saved the Tibetans. He was the ones that forced. Um, Nehru to let the Tibetans into India, or we wouldn't be t here talking about these things, you know. And uh, and then he introduced me to Nisargadatta and wrote wrote a book that I helped him on called I Am That, which had a lot to do with the whole uh, Advaita Vedanta movement in the states starting up. So I did see, you know, it's funny. Everything just popped up in front of me. It wasn't like I had any volition in it, you know. Um, except the desire for spiritual growth. And, and Did you feel like you had kind of an attractor factor or that your energy had shifted? Because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have had near-death experiences and there's a vibrational difference in how they show up in this 3D world. Like others that have had it can sense it, they feel it, there's a difference. Did you feel that? Did you feel like you know, you were emanating a different vibration because of this near-death experience. And, and, you know, that's why you were attracting all of these amazing people into your life. Or what do you think about that? Yes and no. So there was a quite a dramatic difference because I was a gung-ho Navy diving officer. You know, I was very macho and, uh, and pretty violent. You know, I played football in high school and college. I liked to hit people back then. And, uh, <laughs> um, and I went to become this like peaceful yogi who um, was really living in another world. Uh, there's some, I'm not sure about everyone with near-death experiences, but I, I think it's true from the people I've met that you never quite completely come back, um, which for me was a problem actually uh, in terms of like living a normal life. But yeah, I was a very different person then after that. Totally different. Like, instead of having a career in the Navy, I had a career as a yogi. Which sounds awesome to me. Now, at what point did you meet Gayla? How did you two come together? Well, that's a fascinating story. Because, um, you want to talk about that a little bit, Gayla? Cause... Well, yeah. So, um, first of all, Barry and I were in many classes with the same teachers at the same time back in the 70s, but we never met each other. Now, were you also in Hawaii or where no, were you, Gayla? No, no, no. I was in California. Okay, okay. Yeah. And um, which Barry was in California. Yeah, after I came back from India, I lived there a couple of years. So in 
74, I ended up in California. Yeah. So yeah. we were both in California doing different things, but, but studying with the same teachers many times, many teachers. Um, it was amazing how our paths were. We were on the same path, but we hadn't met each other. So um, I started getting into feng shui in 1972. And uh, I was already a Tai Chi teacher. And I had been with Ramdas since 1968. Um, and so many things. But anyway, I started getting into feng shui in 1972, and the first book on the subject was written in 1987, um, written with Professor Lin Yun. And when that happened, feng shui experts started popping up like mushrooms after a spring rain. And I would go to their classes and come out rolling my eyes and shaking my head because they had read the book, but they hadn't really even understood the book. And uh, there was a little bit of knowledge, but no wisdom and no lineage. And then one day somebody said, well, you should go meet Barry Gordon. He's teaching at um, US, USF, USF uh, San Francisco State. So I did. I went down and, and met, uh, went into his class. I sat in the front row. And at the end of that class, I went, whoa, he has, <laughs> he has, not read the book. He could have written the book. Uh, he has the knowledge, he has the wisdom, and he has the lineage, which I so much respected. So I went up to him and met him. He was at the time in a long-term relationship. She passed away some years later, um, which is why we're together now. But we were friends. The three of us were friends for a decade or more. more I think. Uh, that was in 1990, mm -hmm. I believe, when yeah. we met. And we just became fast friends. And I was living in Nevada City. And when I would come to the Bay Area, I would stay with them and we would go out to dinner. And I would always say to her, oh, if only I could meet somebody like Barry. <laughs> he was uh, my friend. And my, I'm, a, I'm a fan. And my <laughs> colleague. You know, we were colleagues. Uh, we would teach together sometimes. But I never thought we would ever be together. And, uh, you know, she went through many, many years of um sickness and eventually left this planet and even then he didn't think to call me <laughs> now i'm curious gala yeah you know what drew you into the esoteric metaphysical world what were you always drawn to it or was there something that you know caused a trigger in your life as well to draw you to this energy work well nothing as astounding as a near-death experience but um I've, I was interested in psychology from the time I was five years old. I remember we had an apartment in, in Boston when I was little. I would sit in the upstairs window looking down at people on the street, wondering what they were thinking and where they were going, what was going on in their life, and what, who were they, and what were they about at five years old. And that just kind of followed. I was reading Freud, everything that had been translated in high school. And, um, and I was studying religion in high school. I was really looking for the truth, you know, and so I studied every religion on the planet, really, in depth. And, um, and then one thing led to another. Um, you know, and I, I started teaching Tai Chi and learning about energy and in the body, how to change your energy in the body uh, with Tai Chi and Qigong, and then that led to feng shui, how to do, how to change energy in the environment, in the land. So 
that was kind of my, and then when I met Ramdas, oh my gosh, um, you know, that he just opened up a whole world because then I started studying Hinduism and Sufism and I became a Shiraga in the Sufi order. I mean, I studied these things not superficially. I really dove into each and every one of them. So that's my So history. both of you really are involved in some aspect of energy work. And I, you know, I, I'm just curious as your opinion, you, you've both been doing it for so long and you've worked with some amazing teachers in your life. Why is working with energy so important? Why is that? To, to me, from my perspective, we talked a little bit about this before the show that, you know, I've only been doing this for 20 years. I mean, you definitely, both of you have gone far beyond uh, and graduated to beyond expert status. But it, to me, it's the one thing that's really lacking in our culture today. There's, there's a few, you know, the 10% of us or so that are really trying to be in this higher awareness, higher consciousness, spirituality, and that sort of thing. But it's the one missing ingredient that I think that people really aren't taking into consideration. And to me, it's the most valuable. So why do you think it's so important? Well, I think it's something you already mentioned. Um, you you didn't call it exactly that, but the law of attraction, the attractic, attractor factor. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the physics and, and Taoism kind of emerged, you know, and so the Tao is also the quantum field. And the quantum field is like this plastic of ocean of energy that can be formed into anything. And what the science shows is that our intentions create the forms in the field that we're existing in. We are made up of, of qi, the energy that's the field. We are energy. The energy just is so dense that it feels solid to us. That's the only difference between a, a physical being and a non-physical being and different energy states. So when we're doing energy work, it's actually not just about the invisible. It's actually about the visible too, because the visible is energy. And, and it's so clear in the quantum mechanics that your intentions... Now, when I'm saying intentions, I don't mean thoughts. It's your deep belief, emotional, attitudinal energy that is residing in your heart and sometimes other places in your body, but the heart's really the center of it. And that energy controls your brain. And that energy is what the universe uses to create your life. It, 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 that's what creates your life story, the movie that you're living through. You know, even Shakespeare said, you know, we're all just actors on a stage, right? We're all in a play. And it's true. And that was one of the things I got out of the NDE experience. And so, and, and the subsequent meditation stuff that I did. So, so doing energy work is actually working directly with the way that each of us creates the world that we're living in and it's the only way that we can really create a better movie. Everybody can actually create their own blockbuster. And it's possible if enough people work together, enough minds together, that we can actually change the energy that's created the current world that we're living in, which is a, a very unsatisfactory world um, run by greed and... Um, full of sociopathy, but we can change that. 
you say there's a 10% of us. I think that's really growing and I hope it keeps growing. Oh, well, from when you guys started to even when I started back in the 90s, I was very, I was in the closet. I, you know, I only, only my closest friends and my closest family members knew that I did this weird energy stuff. I didn't, I didn't share this with anybody. Mm. So, <laughs> it took me some time to come out of the closet, but I'm curious, you know, I understand what you're saying. And I've heard from many of my own teachers and, and gurus that I've worked with that it all stems from the heart. But for those that are listening today, they may not understand that. They may not understand like, okay, I think I understand this idea of law of attraction and I understand intention, but you know, I can't manifest the love of my life or I can't manifest the things. So is it that they're basically their mind and their heart are incoherent? They're, they, they're trying to attract maybe something that they think they want, but they don't? Or, or what does this look like? How, do, how does somebody who's listening today do this? Right. Well, this is the this is the secret. Um, whatever they want to do with their mind. All right. Let, I'm going to give you a metaphor. There's a, something you know that everybody knows there's a conscious mind and a subconscious mind, and there's also a high self. <clears throat> but the conscious mind is the one that would say, oh, I want this kind of a person in my life or this kind of a job or whatever that, you know, wants to create a certain reality. And the conscious mind can't do it because the subconscious mind, which also is, by the way, connected with the heart, is, the, is running the show. And it's subconscious, so you can't see it. You can't put your finger on it. But I'm going to give you a metaphor. If your conscious mind was the size of a flea, which it isn't, it's huge and it's magnificent and creative and we know how intelligent and brilliant it is, but if it was the size of a flea, the subconscious mind would be the size of an elephant. Now, if the flea wanted to walk east to its goals, if its, if its highest purpose uh, uh, lives in the east, and so the flea is very, very busy walking toward the east, but the elephant is walking to the west. Is there any doubt as to why the goals don't get met? Mm. Yeah. And so the work we do is making conscious uh, friendship and turning that elephant around <laughs> to be a pet, to be a friend, to be going in the right direction, to be in alignment. And it's, you know, we can't, it's not something you can just snap your fingers and have it happen because it's, that elephant has been programmed by every, first of all, by in this lifetime, by your parents, teachers, religion, books you've read, movies you've even seen. Even in the womb, yeah. even, Well, even, I was going to say, even yeah. before, and, and also epigenetically from your father and your grandfather, and even the Bible says it goes back seven generations, or well, even maybe more than that. The Buddhists call it the... Alaya Vinyaya, yeah. Yeah, the grand storehouse. That's what's programmed that elephant. So that elephant is going in its own direction. And for all of the cognitive psychology of trying to will and, and use affirmations to get what you want, it doesn't work. You have to work with the elephant. And that's what we do. 
That's right. And, and we have some, some um, retreats where you can come and work with us here in our home, which is in Prescott, Arizona. <laughs> We're a mile high, and we call it our mile high sanctuary, uh, utopian sanctuary, our mile high utopian sanctuary. And we work with one person or one couple at a time. So if you want to work in your relationship and come as a couple, or if you want to work on any issue and come as an individual and spend a weekend with us, we'd love to have you do that. <laughs> now I have a question for you because, um, you know, we're talking about this idea of most of us are operating from our conscious mind, which is the ego and it doesn't serve us. So we really need to be getting to the root of, you know, the, the deeper meaning of life and why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing. And we talked a little bit about, um, before the show, this idea of forgiveness. And my question is, is when we're talking about energy work, one of the reasons that we want to do meditation and, and do energy work uh, and, you know, slow ourselves down and get out of that rat race is so that we can be incoherent, so that we can, you know, align those energy centers up. Because if we're incoherent, the brain and the heart are doing basically the flea and the, the elephant. What I'm curious about is when we harbor negative emotions. You mentioned, you know, we get a lot of stuff when we're young, we pick it up from our authority figures in our life, our teachers, our parents, and we hold on to grudges and fear and, and lack and self-limiting beliefs. And then, you know, then this idea of forgiveness comes up and it's like, well, I'm not going to forgive them. When you harbor emotions like that, and I call this below the cross when you're in those fears, anger, disappointment, but when you're in that soup, does that prevent you from really attracting and doing your highest purpose? Does that cloud it, so to speak? Well, that actually, that becomes your highest purpose. <laughs> the, that's how the universe sees it. The universe is looking at you, the universe that's creating your life, and it's creating it based on everything it sees. It, it doesn't have a conscious, subconscious barrier the universe sees everything or a judgment and doesn't have a judgment system. It doesn't, it doesn't think things are right or wrong, good or bad, actually. And so if, you're, if you have those energies inside you, that's what's going to create your life. And those energies in the unconscious are more powerful than your conscious mind. It's, you know, it, it depends on how much energy was put into them, but... A lot yeah, don't forget, it's from past lifetimes as well. It's not just what you got. It's not just what you got from your parents or your teachers or your books or, or movies. It's or things no. you carry over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, if it's okay, I, I talk a little science. Um, yeah, let's do it. Explain um, this to the audience, but just you know, don't go to college level here. <laughs> Okay. Try to keep it for the for us uh, folks who are still in the fifth grade over here. <laughs> Well, just think of the universe as a big ocean of energy. Mm -hmm. And that ocean of energy somehow gets stirred up. So we don't know how it gets stirred up. We can't talk about that. But it does get stirred up. And we're like observers of that energy, each of us. Each of us has a certain window on that energy. And where we put our attention, we're actually giving it more energy. So, E equals MC squared. That, that means that energy and mass are equivalent. So that the more energy something has, the more mass it has. 
So to become like a physical being here on earth, we had to build up a lot of energy in, in our system. So we're in the universe, there are, there's all of these in the field, there's all of this vibrational energy and, and that vibrational energy somehow is given meaning by our mind. And where we focus on that energy, it, it builds up and, and that buildup is a certain frequency that's in resonance with other energies in the universe, and they're attracted together. That's why the law of attraction works. That, that's all it is, really. And so those resonant energies start to come together and build up more and more energy to the point at which they actually have enough energy to become physical. Physical just means, well, think of it this way. If you have a, a wheel with spokes, and it's stationary, you can put your finger through the spokes. But when it starts spinning, the faster it goes, it looks like the spokes are solid. They become more and more solid. So you can think about the energy spinning. The faster it spins, the more solid it becomes. The more en it takes more energy to spin it faster. So that's how the world becomes solid. So emotional and attitudinal and belief systems are a certain level of energy. that They're more powerful than thoughts because they're denser. They have more gravity, and so they attract more of themselves to them. And so unless you change those, you're going to keep attracting whatever you're attracting now, and you may not want to attract what you're attracting now. You may have a totally different idea of how your life should be, but you can't seem to change it because you haven't gone deep inside through, like you said, mindfulness. But, and then after the mindfulness, there's other techniques to apply, like energy psychology and Ho'oponopono, and even feng shui, um, Professor Lin's feng shui was all about this, actually. It wasn't really about traditional Chinese feng shui. It was all about working with your mind. And so... To change the energy. To change the energy, because he was a Buddhist teacher, a Buddhist master, head of a, the biggest Buddhist uh, lineage in China that was the, the royalties lineage. And so... Um, so there are these ways to change that energy in the subconscious mind as that Gala was talking about, you know, the Ho'oponopono, the energy psychology which goes directly and communicates with the subconscious mind at a neurological level. There's ways to work with your heart, to clear your heart through working with your high self, which is very similar to in the Buddhist system, the Tibetan Buddhist system of bringing the high self into your body and comes through your heart. You know, so there's all these ways to work with it that are not rational or linear, right? And they're not necessarily dependent on cognitive process. They're exactly, right? Yeah, that's the secret because mm -hmm. you know psychology for eons, starting with Freud. You know, um, it's all about the mind, and it's all about um, changing your. You're programming, your subconscious you're sub conditioning. Yeah, yeah, but you can't do it with your mind. It right. just doesn't work that way. That's why Freud thought you could never change it, actually. That's right. Because they didn't have the understanding to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious. You both practice feng shui, and you practice many other energy modalities. How have you found – the one thing that I find curious is a lot of people that I meet, you know, they're they're doing the work on themselves because they want to get that ocean – uh, in you know this coherence and they they want to be able to get out of those dirty emotions and and they want to you know vibrationally raise and be spiritual 
but people often don't think of their homes. I find this very curious that they do all this energy work on themselves and it's like, well, what have you done on your home? Oh, well, I decluttered or, you know, I've moved some furniture around. And, you know, you have both been doing uh, energy work and feng shui for many, many years. And I'm curious, how have you found it to be so complimentary? And why should everybody be doing it? Because I think they should be. I think it, it's very complimentary that they should not only be working on themselves, but also working on the energy of their spaces that they inhabit. Well, it's curious to me, we're Airbnb hosts, super hosts actually, and we have, so we have a lot of guests come to, and stay with us, and so many people say, I've never been in such a peaceful home before, and you know, we've got two Pomeranians that bark spontaneously, <laughs> Canaries is saying, you know, uh, that's pretty uplifting, but um Really, and we've had real estate people come here, you know, for various reasons, not real estate, but other reasons, but they are, they've been, you know, people who have been in a lot of homes and they will say to us, your home is so peaceful. I've never felt anything like this before. So, um, you know, we haven't really, it's not like we work at it. And I've got some clutter. And by the way, I teach how to eliminate clutter. I've got a whole CD on how to eliminate clutter intuitively, which I'm turning into a book. And I love, you know, and I don't have a lot of clutter, but I've got little pockets here and there. Um, so it's not about that so much. It's, a, it's about the energy. It is, really. Yeah. It, and it has to do, I think, with our spiritual practices um, and psychological practices that we do every day, you know. Um, Professor Lin once said that you can change the chi of any home to do all the feng shui just with blessing rituals. And, and it's true. So I want to step, a step back from your question, though. When you, were, you said something about dirty emotions, right. and it was in relationship to people changing. And so this is, like, this is really important. There's no such thing as a dirty emotion or a negative emotion. Emotions were designed to take care of us, protect us. We're built to be emotional because that's how the universe designed us to be able to protect ourselves. Fear goes to anger or sadness or goes to um, doing something or paralysis or, you know, and the fear is a form of energy it's, and it gives you more aliveness and the anger is a form of power and the sadness is compassion. And so we've been taught as a culture that those that feelings are dirty they're not dirty that that's actually causing our whole problem and people can't change because as long as you feel and believe that those are bad things you have to get rid of it's the tai chi symbol you're on one side let's say that you're the yang and then you got all those feelings on the yin and in the tai chi symbol they're intimately connected and always dancing. You're in a dance with those feelings and you're holding on tight because they're no good. You have to love those feelings before you can change them. You have to totally accept them. You have to realize that they're God-given, universal-given feelings and you've been incorrectly conditioned to suppress them or push them away. Which is like abusing your elephant. Right. That's right. You're telling your subconscious mind that there's something wrong with it. So, I do agree with that. I, I, I think most importantly, what I want to convey is that I feel like the biggest problem is, yes, 100% people need to express their emotions. And, and we are taught in our culture to shove them down and not honor them, which I think is a, a huge problem. 
what I think is the, the biggest issue, though, is not only do we shove those emotions down, but we don't know how to process them. And so what happens is, is what we're talking about with that law of attraction a minute ago, where we just stay in this pattern loop where we never, we don't have the yin and the yang. We're always in yang or we're always in yin and people don't know how to find the balance. And you do have to have both. You have to have those complementary forces to have balance. And I think that the problem with our society is it's one or the other. And most of them are, are I don't know what to call them now, but negative, dirty, however you want to call them. But people tend to stay in them and not get out of the pattern loop. Well, I would call them unfortunate. I wouldn't call them dirty. I would call them unfortunate. Okay, we'll call them unfortunate or inappropriate. They're inappropriate at the moment because the conditioning is coming from the past. The conditioning that stimulates them is probably from your childhood or other times in your life when you learned how to emotionally respond to a difficult situation and then the subconscious mind thinks you're in that situation so it responds in the same way so they're inappropriate for the moment and people are this, the opposite of suppressing them people actually don't know how to feel them you know when you like if you think about it when someone's angry they get very tense right or even when they cry their chest will tense up and they'll kind of shake that tension is holding the emotion in place or like when you have tension and you strike out at somebody you're actually putting the emotion on them instead of feeling it inside you this is very tricky i have a hard time people have a hard time understanding this when i try to explain it but if you're feeling an emotion you're very loose. Your body is loose. You're relaxed. It doesn't make you tense. It's the training to not to feel the emotion that makes you tense. And, and so that's where, like, you started out with mindfulness, which is the most important part of the whole process. That's where mindfulness comes in. You learn to relax, let go, and just watch and not tense up and let the energy flow in mindfulness. So that's a yeah, that's the I, first step. I think that's great because I, I think that what we need to be doing is one of the teachers that I work with says all the time that our emotions are simply information. Exactly. We need to allow the information to come through rather than hold on to it or just allow the information, understand it, honor it, whatever it is, and then let it go through. That's true, but not necessarily express it. I mean, right. that doesn't, you know, you can, you can see anger if you're, in a, if you're in a meditative state. You can see the anger without getting attached to it, without going down the rabbit hole following the anger. Um, but, you know, that, to, to honor your emotions and let them flow doesn't mean to act them out, that you see anger so you start acting it out. It doesn't mean that. It, it's about seeing and having enough perspective to not get caught, to not go down the rabbit hole, and then to have the tools to transform, to transform the synapses in your subconscious mind, mm -hmm. to transform the elephant so that it's being cooperative and helpful instead of just reactive and, and petulant. And is this something that we could, I'm going to try to say the H word, the Hapono Ono. I didn't say it right. <laughs> yeah, almost. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. <laughs> like I said, I've been practicing it for nearly a decade and I still cannot say it. So I, I think I'm just going to let that one go. But is that something, is that exercise, you know, it, it, I, the reason that I started doing it 10 years ago was because I was going through a divorce and 
I wasn't angry, but I did have some resentment and I had some guilt and I, I felt bad that, you know, I didn't, my marriage didn't last. And so it was extremely helpful for me um, to say those words and, and to release, to allow that information to come through and process it. Is that something that if people are holding on to uh, unfortunate emotions, is that something that, is that a tool that they can use to help them? Yes. Uh, the Dalai Lama said, by the way, that holding, um, not forgiving. Not forgiving, yeah. Not, holding anger. Holding anger is like holding a hot stone in your hand. It burns the one who's holding the stone. It doesn't help, you know, it doesn't hurt the other person. Um, so holding resentments are just self um damaging well forgiveness is not about the other person actually no forgiveness is about it letting go so you are okay right it doesn't let them off the hook if no. they really you know i mean people do heinous things or really bad things and it's not like saying they're okay or the, the, the what they did was okay it's not that at all what it is is um like making a prayer to the universe to heal and resolve whatever conditions brought that into being in the first place so that they don't perpetuate. Right. People stay angry because anger is the emotion. Fear and anger are ways that the body protects us. The subconscious mind protects us. So the subconscious mind believes that it has to hold on to the anger in order to protect you because that's what it was taught. And so that was true when you were being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. But it's actually not true in the most situations. It, it could be true even today, but th that you actually need anger to physically have the power to protect yourself or emotionally have the power to protect yourself. But, but most of the time, it's not true, and it's actually counterproductive because that anger attracts more anger. Mm. And I think that's the key thing to life. really remember. Your life just goes downhill because of that anger. It, it, as the Dalai Lama said, your hand burns away. Mm, yeah, and I think that's the that's the so, thing that I, I hope people learn is so, that they understand that. Um, it's so important to learn. It's so important to learn to allow the energy, whatever it is, anger, sadness, fear, happiness, joy, to allow them to just flow and you know if they're flowing because your body is relaxed and you feel good even when you're angry you can actually feel good if you let it flow and your higher self will help you to use that energy in a positive way so the anger becomes the power to help yourself instead of the power to hurt somebody else are you still there yep can you hear me no i, I think something happened with the microphone let me see um, still on. Yeah, still the right one too, but something took over the system here. Um, can you hear me now? I can barely hear you because it's not, that's all correct. Um, Nothing's well, changed on my end. Okay, let me try this. Let's close this. So now say something. Test one, two, three. Yeah, now we got you. Okay. <laughs> Some program on here took over the sound. Oh, well. <laughs> the computer has a bad elephant. Well, maybe it was that, that rant I had about, you know, how Abraham has rants. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, you know, the, the channel Abraham. Um, it's, it's just simply information. We're just supposed to right. process those unfortunate emotions. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just, but the computer took it personally. <laughs> uh, or someone else did. Someone else is in the room with you. <laughs> well, that often happens. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have that happen too. But I think that this is a, a great place to um, stop. I'd like to, uh, you know, you have so many great programs. You've got the retreat. I know you have guests come and stay at your home. If people are interested in working with you or would like to learn more, where do they go to find information on you too? Okay. Well, of course, they can email me at barryg at mac.com. Um, barryg at mac.com. We have a book that we're allowing people who are following you on this podcast to get free. Um, so that, it's, an e-book. it's an ebook or a PDF. If they want to print it out, they can get that. And um, it's 300 pages and it has a hundred right brain activating illustrations in it, which is Ooh, the only fabulous. not in print at the moment because to print it in this country with all those colored pictures uh, would illustrations would be about um, $45 a copy, <laughs> Yeah, a little bit out of reach for most people. So we're trying to find a source. In fact, if any of your listeners can help us out, that'd be great. In China, where we think we can get printed for about maybe $4 a copy, quite a difference. Yeah. And so, so that is at scientificshamanichealing.com. Scientific shamanic s-h-a-m-a-n-i-c healing.com and then they can put a slash amanda gates um i love it i'm gonna download me slash amanda just go to that site and if you get the book when you get to the coupon uh box where you can put a coupon in put in amanda gates and that's how they get it and then they can get it free now I haven't, I couldn't get into my um, cart this morning to create that uh, coupon. I'll get it done today. Somehow my password wasn't working. Okay. Um, and I'll get that done sometime today. So, okay, oh, okay, great. So I'll get that fixed. So it's just scientific shamanichealing.com and then use a coupon, Amanda Gates. Perfect. Okay. Love and it. that's. That's, um, that'll tell you a lot about us. And there's some contact information in the book for us. Um, but the book itself is phenomenal. We're mm-hmm. getting rave reviews from people who've read it. Just rave, like, oh my gosh, changed my life. It's quite radical, actually. It's very radical. We've yeah. got teachings in there that you'll never find anywhere else. And shamanic practices you can do on your own, self-help, um, you know, and a free 30-minute consultation with Barry from anybody who reads the book, too. So if they, you know... If yeah, well, after you read it so that yeah. I can answer your questions and help you use the techniques, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to download it myself. I, I've been working with a shaman up in Virginia, and that's one of the things that he constantly instills in me. I've been working with him for about a year now, and he has been trying to get me in my right brain, and I actually struggle with it. He tells me to do these imagination exercises all the time, and I actually struggle with it. So I'm excited about this book. It sounds like something exactly what I need. Perfect. Great. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, thank you both for saying yes to this. I apologize for the time difference thing. I'm going to have to look into that. Thank you, Barry, for pointing that out. There's so much more to say. I hope we can do some more sometime because um, I was did want to kind of show how Professor Lin's whole system actually fits into this, you know. Set aside um, another hour so that we can do a part two to this. I would love that. That would be sure. great because we have a lot more that we could give. Oh, yeah. We love giving. I, I, I yeah. would love that. Uh, the only reason I am having to wrap it up now is I've got the fire department outside of my house and they're wanting to come in to start hitting uh, the fire alarm in my house. And so it's not going to sound fantastic on the recording. So they've <laughs> 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 actually been patiently waiting out there for about 15 minutes and I could hear them. Okay. Sounds very appropriate actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Downstairs, I could hear them doing my neighbors and I could hear them through the floor beeping. So I was like, Oh good Lord, this is going to be loud if they're up here. <laughs> Okay, well, Barry's got another call coming in from a client, so we're going to say bye-bye. Thank you, Gayla. It was great talking to both of you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Wasn't that such a great show? I absolutely adore both of them. Um, I think that uh, they're such a valuable resource considering that they have been in this metaphysical world for as long as they have. And, you know, just considering all of the amazing teachers and mentors that they have had over the years and who they've worked with, um, they have a fantastic uh, combination of modalities that really create healing. And I think there's no better time than now, as so many people are waking up, um, you know, their gifts and what they have to offer and their combined experience, holy cow, they've got a lot of information. So make sure you check them out. I hope that you've enjoyed this show. Next week, we're going to pick back up where we left off and dive a lot further into feng shui. And um, it's actually going to be really fun because we are also going to talk about uh, the idea of joy and how to have laugh therapy in our lives and how to just invoke and invite more happiness into our lives, which is, guess what? Cultivating your chi. It's going to be rad, y'all. All right, don't forget, I'll be uh, teaching a class at Half Moon Yoga on November 3rd. You can head on over to Eventbrite to find out more information about that. I am also doing a new class workshop thingy called New Year, New Energy. You can head on over to my website. There's a button on the homepage that will allow you to uh, click on that. You can find out more information. I've done a great little video explaining what it's about. And you can also sign up or purchase there. And uh, don't forget also, if you heard me on Selling Simplified, if you've got any questions about that, or if you want us to clear a property, just reach out to us at letschatatthegatescompany.com. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. <laughs>